Welcome to the Choice Happens podcast, where you can choose different, do different, and become the person you say you've always wanted to be. Here's your host, Emily Carpenter. Hey, Eleanor, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me here today on Choice Happens. Hi, Emily. It's very nice to be invited. Thank you. I'm pleased to be here. Yeah. I was hoping you could talk to us today about the power of our words and why they have, you know, why they mean so much. What do we have to think about the words that we're saying and why should we care? Well, this is really a huge topic and uh, one that I really love thinking about and talking about. So it's it's nice that I have the opportunity to share with you today. I knew you were the um, right person to talk to about this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, um, our words convey not only meaning, but they convey energy, and they create and they convey the creative power of our mind. Hmm. Our minds mm-hmm. are very powerful, and many people have not been taught this, but it's really true that our our deep seated feelings and beliefs are very powerful, and often we are expressing those beliefs through words either words that we're thinking to ourselves in our own mind or words that we're saying out loud or words that we're writing down. So every word that we say has the potential to either be a wonderful, creative, constructive thing or it can be destructive. Mm. So uh, it, it really behooves us to become aware of this and to begin taking stock of our own language, how we're speaking, how we're thinking. Can you give me an idea of how someone does that? How do you become aware of what you're, what you're saying or thinking? Yes. Um, in fact, I can say that, that when I first was introduced to this teaching, it was in a church, and, the minister, and I was taking classes with the minister, and he said, how important it was to watch our words. Mm. So my first assignment was to listen to myself. So for, you know, a week or two, I had to listen to myself when I was speaking to others and listen to my own thoughts. And I was very um, discouraged to find that I had a lot of negative words coming out of my mouth. I can't imagine that, Eleanor, from you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that shows how much work I've done. Yes. (laughs) But uh, it was not not like I was using crude language. It wasn't that. Right, yeah. But it was was more like um, prognosticating that something negative would happen. Mm. You know, not looking for positive results, but expecting the worst. Right. And I was, and I was amazed as I heard this. I thought, holy cow, I did not realize that my mind was like that. <laughs> so I had, I had to work a lot. Mm. I had to work a lot. And the way you do it is you listen to yourself. And then when you become aware that you are either thinking or saying something that's not positive, you stop immediately. Even if it's in the middle of a word, in the middle of a sentence, you stop Mm. as fast as you can. And then you go back and you start again and substitute something positive or constructive. And it's just a question, really, of practicing, practicing, practicing. You know, can you give me an gets, example of that? Like, well, how would what's something a thought like that that I might stop in my head, or or something I'm saying out loud and change it in the moment? Well, let me see. Supposing, um, supposing you're in an interaction with another person, and they're not giving you what you want, mm-hmm. and the thought might go through your mind: I never get what I want. Uh-huh. I never have thought that. Well, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) So once you realize you're thinking, oh, well, I'm saying to myself, I never get what I want. Mm. Well, that's really the opposite of what I want to have happen. So I have to stop that. So you would, you would, as soon as you become aware, you would stop and you would say to yourself, no, I now give myself what I do want. Mm. 
I now give myself what I do want. Now, there is a deep principle that's involved here, a deep principle to understand that our minds are creative, the conscious mind and the subconscious mind both working together. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we also, we have a super conscious mind too, which is bringing in an even higher intelligence. But most people are, are using their conscious mind 24 hours a day. And uh, they don't realize that the subconscious mind is also acting. Hmm. And the subconscious mind is the, the home of our deep-seated beliefs. Now, some beliefs that we have we're aware of, but we also do have beliefs that we're not aware of. And sometimes the ones that we're not aware of are uh, limiting beliefs or hurtful beliefs. Right. And we have, and those are the ones that we want to change so that the subconscious mind will be totally working in our favor and not working against us. Hmm. So if, if I had the belief, gee, nothing ever works for me, well, that's based on some experience you've had. You know, you could probably say, well, I could look back on my life and I can think of lots of times where I didn't get what I wanted. Well, we have to realize that even though this is hard to face, we have to face the fact that there is a belief in our mind that is, I don't get what I want, and that is what is causing your problems. Hmm. So... <laughs> um you would want to turn that thought around and change it to what you do want to experience. Now, I did think of one that I thought might be a good starter affirmation for people, Yeah. which touches on this topic. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking a good basic affirmation might be, I am a good person and the universe is my friend. Oh. I am a good person and the universe is my friend. And both of those clauses are very important. I am a good person is something that we need to get really deep down. Hmm. Because many people have been conditioned to believe that they're not good or there's something wrong with them. Or that they're inferior. Hmm. Or something like that. So... What we need to get inside of us and be really congruent with is the knowing that I am a good person. And everybody was created good. Mm. Everybody was created good. And that includes each one of us. Right. And the second part of the affirmation was, and the universe is my friend. And this is very important Hmm. because um, what we need to uh, accept and deeply know is that this is basically a friendly universe and the universe wants to help us. The universe wants to help us and is here to support us. Now again, our cultural conditioning is oftentimes the opposite of that. Right. For many, many people feel like life is a struggle. Hmm. Life is very hard. People are out to get you. You have to work like a dog. You know, beliefs hmm. like that. These are all things and you hear every day from someone or another. That's right. Yeah. And so you, we all have a choice of are we going to accept those beliefs and what come from them? Or are we going to choose a different belief? Hmm. So using affirmations is a way that you implant the new beliefs that you want into your subconscious mind. So a really wonderful belief is the universe is my friend. So that means that you would be expecting and experiencing people are helpful. Right. Uh, And that's a good affirmation all by itself, by the way. You can just (laughs) affirm people are helpful to me. Yes. Um, or you could say, whatever I need shows up. Whatever I need appears for me. So, of course, it goes beyond just writing the words in a sentence. It's, it's crucial to do that. 
But what we're really aiming at here is that these positive ideas sink in and they become part of you. So they are, they are your new belief. And this belief uh, fills your whole consciousness so that uh, you're radiating that belief wherever you go. And you mm. see, when you radiate the belief, the universe is my friend, when it really becomes a part of you, you will find that people are friendly and helpful. Right. And if you, and if you should meet someone who is not, it won't bother you. Hmm. I just, I, something I observed about what you said was in the, in the beginning when you were talking about the thoughts and noticing our thoughts and you said something where you're trying to get something from someone and they tell you no, so that your thought is, I never get what I want. Uh-huh. But the counteract, uh, counteracting thought to that was that I give myself what I want. You know, so it wasn't, it took the responsibility away from that person providing us the thing we want back to us giving us what we want. I don't yeah. know if you, if, if that may have, I think that probably was intentional, but could you tell us? how that shift happens and what is well, that shift yes, there? Yes. It goes back to this uh, basic idea that my consciousness is creating my experience. Mm. My consciousness is creating my experience. So if I have the belief deep inside that people don't give me what I want, then I will encounter people who don't give me what I want. Right. So when I say I give myself what I want, another way of thinking about that is I now accept the truth that I am creating my experience hmm. and I am now accepting I deserve to get what I want. Yeah. Okay. And so you have to work with that a while. Uh it's very useful to think about just how you treat yourself. Like uh, the place where you live, the kind of job that you have, hmm. uh, the kind of relationships with people that you have. Are you accepting something which is less than what you really want? Right. And, and if you are, then you're basically telling yourself, Either you can't have what you want or you you don't deserve it or you don't get it. And so you have to make the change from within. You have to give yourself all the things you can, give yourself the things you can, yeah. so that you create the feeling in yourself, I do get what I want. And then Eleanor, it keeps you... expanding. I'm, you, I'm you, sorry, just, you just touched on exactly what this podcast is all about is that there is a choice. And when you, a lot of people get involved in their daily lives and they have these things around them that have maybe always been like that. You know, they've always had this person in their life or they've always had this situation. And they think that's the way it has to always be because that's the way it's always been. Not realizing yeah. that they can choose something different, a different reality, a different. Thing to accept about a situation and make even just small shifts away from that towards what they want. And before you know it, they have a completely different everything. Yes. Would you agree In with fact, that? I mean, uh, yes, I do. I yeah. think, yes, we all find ourselves in various situations. And then a day comes when we sort of have a different, we kind of wake up spiritually, mm. you might say. Right. And when we wake up, we realize, oh, does it have to be this way forever? Right. And um, that reminded me of a very famous affirmation, which was given, I believe, by Emile Couet oh, way back in the 1800s. And it's kind of famous. Every day, in every way, I am getting better and better. Hmm. Um, and, of course, you could also say, every day, in every way, my life is getting better and better. Right. 
So, or my relationships are getting better and better, or mm. my finances are getting better and better. So, uh, yes, there is always the possibility for change. Uh, you're not in jail, <laughs> metaphysically speaking. Yes, you're not. You're not in jail, and things can change. But the way they change is by how we change, and we come right back to that principle I started with at the beginning. The creative power is within each person. The creative power is within, and so if I want to change something in the external world. I need to find the thing in my inner world that relates to that mm. and change it from the inside first. Now, it's not really one or the other. I've learned this over time. Um, I guess because our culture is so externally focused. Mm. You know, we look for things outside of ourselves and try to manipulate reality. Right. So right. most people have to consciously learn and attend to the fact that causality is coming from within. But it also is possible to help the inner change by making any small outer changes that you can also. Hmm. And the inner and the outer can reinforce each other. Can um, you give me an example of that where you would make an yeah, outer me, change? Um, well, let's say... Uh, you know that you need to eat better. And so instead of doing your usual eating routine, whatever that is, you may take the thought, today I will give myself the best food that I can. Mm. So then when you go to the grocery store or go to the restaurant, you would hopefully remember the statement, today I will give myself the best food that I can. And you will choose from the menu or in the store the food that's good for you instead of maybe what you always used to buy. Right. So actually doing the change reinforces the thought and the thought reinforces the doing. Got it. I think I want to remember that one too. <laughs> I'm, <gonna> be, <laughs> I'm taking good notes or I'm going to go back and take good notes later. <laughs> so much great stuff. So can you tell us a little bit, you've given us some examples of affirmations. Uh, how do you, I know you've had, you know, lots and lots of experience writing affirmations. I know you've shared many wonderful ones with me over the years through email or in person, just giving me whatever situation is currently going on. You've always given me wonderful affirmations to look at and think about and I, I've always wondered, you know, how do you get to the point where you're able to just do that so easily and effortlessly where you can just create that? Are there some basic ideas behind affirmations that anyone can follow? Yes. Um, well, first of all, in my career, I have read so many books mm. uh, by the great spiritual teachers who taught about this. So, you see, I exposed myself to the highest information that I could. Right. So, um, that's why I think it's definitely worth people's time and money to read books, to listen to tapes, to expose yourself to the people who have brought forth such high ideas. And by that exposure, uh, you begin to learn. Mm. So, that's one thing. Um, second thing is there's, there is sort of a little formula I can give with some key elements of an affirmation. Yeah. Uh, now this, the, the first one I'm going to give is, um, ordinarily you make an affirmation in the first person. So in other words, it would contain the word I, me, or my. Mm. Now, that's not true 100% of the time <laughs> because you, you can also make an affirmation for other people. Right. Um, like if you were a parent and your child was sick, you could make an affirmation to say to yourself about your child, you know, um, 
like, um, my baby is God's child and God's life flows through him Mm. or flows through her. So that's in the third person. So there are situations where you can do that. I have done that for my son. Whenever he's been sick or hurt, I'll say, thank you, God, my my son is healthy, happy, and whole. And oh, that's excellent. That, that that's, helps me through a lot of situations. So, that, yeah, that's an excellent example. Hmm. So, for the the for the purpose of you know just learning how to do this, it might be simpler to stay with something about oneself. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be in the first person, and uh, it's going to be a positive statement, something that I want to experience. Or it might be something that you know is actually true, but you don't feel it yet. Hmm. Um, because the power of affirmations comes through uh, not only their ability to uh, expand your awareness, but they help you to make the deep feeling connection with the truth of the words. Hmm. Because when you feel that the words are true, that's when um, they really work for you. So um, you want to make it be a positive statement of of what you want to experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, for example, uh, you would not say, I do not want to meet any nasty people today. (laughs) Okay, because um, there's two negatives in that sentence. There's the word not. And there's the word nasty. Mm. So you don't you don't want to put those words into your subconscious. Right. Instead, you would say, um, today I meet wonderful people everywhere. Mm. Okay. So it's something positive. And um, a third thing is affirmations are always written in the present tense. So it has to be the word now or the word today. Or something that gives the feeling of what I'm saying is true now. Right. Uh, uh, so that's really important. Uh, and it's a big lesson, actually, because uh, on the spiritual plane, all good is true now. But on this plane of experience, we experience it in increments of days and hours and minutes mm. because we're we're unfolding in time here but all true goodness exists now so like if somebody was looking for a job they might affirm i am now employed in my perfect work mm. even though they don't actually have the job yet right but you you want to Put into your subconscious mind, I am now employed in my perfect work. And you would repeat that. And something I want to mention, this is something I've done over the years. Not everybody does this, but I found it works for me. Mm-hmm. I would get uh, inexpensive notebooks, inexpensive notepaper, mm-hmm. and I would write down my affirmations many times a day. Uh. And I found that writing them moves a lot of energy. Yes. And in fact, I remember uh, the famous uh, healer and teacher, Louise Hay. I read in one of her books that when she had counseling clients come to her, she would have them write their affirmations 400 times a day. Wow. Now, <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> I mean, and, I've maybe uh, done 10 or 12. You know, I have tried that for different things. It's been a while. But 400 is a lot. <laughs> yes. So I never made any of my clients do 400. Mm-hmm. But I, I might say, try to do 20 or 25 at one sitting. Yeah. And see if and see if you can do 100 in a day, something like that. Um, I remember a, an important or interesting story about Charles Fillmore, who was the co-founder of Unity. Uh, somebody came into his office to see him. And he was speaking an affirmation out loud. So the person coming to the door waited until he was finished. Hmm. And he said to him, Mr. Fillmore, how many times have you said that affirmation today? 
And he said, I have just finished 1,000 times. Wow. How do you even count that? How did he know that he did it a thousand times? That's I, I, I even, don't know. That, that's yeah. a good point. That's a good he, question. He might have had like one of those hand counters or something to figure it yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's true dedication to that. To I, it is. Affirmations. Of, course, yeah. of course, he got the results too. He sure did. Yeah. He, he got the results. Hmm. So um, to review, writing our affirmations in the first person, making it a positive statement about what you do want. Thirdly, writing them in the present tense. And the fourth one is also important, that your affirmation should imply that there is no harm done to anyone else. Mm. Um, this, this really is intrinsic to all spiritual work, really. But the thing is, uh, any thought that we send out about other people we keep a carbon copy of it in our own mind and that carbon copy affects us. Mm. So we should never wish harm to others and never speak words of harm to others. Uh, so every affirmation you make should be uh, pure goodness for you and everyone else. Right. Oh, and the last thing I want to say is, um, I mean, about this particular aspect. Um, when we're working with affirmations, sometimes you can experiment with different words. And uh, it's really great if you can get to the point where a certain affirmation clicks for you. Um, that's kind of a word that people use. Yeah. And you can, t you can tell when an affirmation clicks because inside yourself you have the feeling Yes. It's either yes, that's what I do want, or yes, that is true. Hmm. Uh, but you get an internal reaction. So if you can get the click, that's really great. And that, if you do get the click, that's the affirmation to stick with. Right. And keep, you, and keep using until you have brought forth the experience you want. Wow. Yeah, and I'm sure that takes a different amount of time. For depending, you know, for depending on the person and depending on the affirmation and how big a thing they're trying to manifest in their life. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so uh, sometimes it's just repeating it, and even if it's four hundred times a day or a thousand times a day, if you need to do that to get to that result. And also, um, I have found in my own personal practice that. Um, I might, let's say I'm writing an affirmation and I write it five times. Mm -hmm. And of course, it goes without saying, you're not doing this like a robot, you know. Right. You're, do, you're doing it thinking consciously about what you're doing. Mm. Well, many, many times I found that the affirmation would change from within me. Mm. It was yes. like I yeah. didn't I didn't consciously choose to change it, but it was like my subconscious mind brought up a refinement of the I've, affirmation. I've experienced that. Yeah, it's it, all of a sudden one day there's something that shifts just slightly with it, and then that becomes your new affirmation that you repeat until either it comes to fruition or it shifts again until you get closer to what it is maybe that you really want. Because I think sometimes when we start with affirmations, we think we know what we want. So we are affirming that thing. But we can change that too, our idea of that. Or maybe we realize that that was only a piece of it. And there's something bigger that we could be asking for. Well, you are absolutely right. And that was very well put. Yes. Hmm. So we're going to write the affirmation in the first person, make it a positive statement in the present tense using words like now or today, and, and the implication should be that no harm should come to anyone else, including ourselves, right? No harm to anyone, that it should be the that, highest good for everyone involved. Yes. Oh, and all, I just thought of something else I could mention. Um, you know, uh, in the science of affirmations, there is a principle that you, it's, it's a delicate balance. 
you want to be as specific as you can because the subconscious mind likes specific directives. Mm. Uh, but on the other hand, when you are pursuing a goal, as you kind of just alluded to, sometimes we don't know what the very best outcome would be. Right. Uh, but the higher self knows. So, for example, if somebody were applying for a job and uh, there's a certain job in mind that they want, they could affirm uh, something like this. Um, I receive this job or something better. Mm. And the or something better is a very, very useful tool to use when you are looking for something and you know what you want, so you ask that for that specific thing, like if you're buying a home, for example, right? Give us, give us this home, or something better. Same with a job. Um, even if you're looking for a relationship, you know, you want the person who is really right for you, right? And if you if you've met someone and you think he or she is the one, you might say to God, "Let me have a relationship with this one." Or someone better. So the or the or someone better or something better gives the universe room to move hmm. to get to give you the greatest good you can have. Right. Yeah, I think in any of those situations that you mentioned that you could think this is the one thing, this is the job or the person or the situation or the house or the whatever fill in the blank and you don't get that thing and you look back at it later and you are thankful that you didn't get that thing because of something that's, you know, some inherent flaw that you didn't see before. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So then you can be grateful that you didn't get it, but in the moment it's hard to know that. So I like the idea of opening up that possibility that something even better or it's equivalent, right? So I've heard that used too, the equivalent or something better um, it's yes. presented. Yeah. Yes. The equivalent. Um, we didn't really talk about that, but that's a good idea to bring in. Uh, when we speak about wanting something, we can ask for, you know, this house or the divine equivalent, meaning the thing that has the same essence, mm. which would give you the same benefits. Right. Yes. And this goes back to, when you were, you know, when you were speaking about, we might get the disappointment that we don't get something we want in the present. It goes back to the principle: the universe is my friend. Yes. That if I that if I don't get something, it means that there's something better. Right, and um, we don't always know what all those options are because we're in our limited portion of space and time, and the universe has access to all of that all at once. That's, so. that's true. Yeah, so we're not I, able to see all that, but that doesn't mean there's not something else better or different out there that could be just as good for us. Yes, in fact, um, a really good place to uh, apply that is uh, in the situation where a person loses their job. Hmm. Um, I I learned long ago that if a person loses their job, it means that the universe has a much better job for them. Yes. And so in order to get the one that you are meant to be in, sometimes it's necessary to be taken out of the one that you were in. So I learned that uh, if you lose a job, it's because you're going to get a promotion. Hmm. And um, I, I once knew a lady at my church a number of years ago who had a rather high-level job in a large institution, and she was let go. I guess it was for budgetary reasons, but it was something certainly unexpected. Yeah. And the next time she came to church, which was a couple of days later, she happened to come to the door, and I opened the door, and I said, oh, so-and-so, I heard you got a big promotion. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I kind of gave her a hug then, and but the, here's the main point. Yeah. Later on, she told me that when I said that to her, it was like a turning point inside of her. Mm, I love that. It helped her. 
it helped her to uh, rise above the crisis. So I'm just saying that there might be somebody listening who has recently lost a job or maybe not so recently. Maybe it's been a while. Yeah. And um, it's really, really important for someone to choose how they're going to interpret that event. Yes. Yeah, because we can, we all interpret the events that happen to us. So if a person loses their job and now they think, oh God, I'm sunk, I'm too old, I'll never get another job, and so on, well, that leads you down one path. Right. But if you, <laughs> but if you say, okay, God, or okay, universe, I'm open to a promotion. I'm open to something even better. That leads you down a different path. Mm-hmm. So um, sometimes life presents us with the choices for our thinking. Uh, sometimes, in a, you know, it's a surprise when it happens. But we always, well, here's another way of putting it. Uh, there is a truism that you are the only thinker in your mind. <laughs> So each one of us is the only one who determines how we're going to look at things, what words we're going to put on them. Are we going to say something is a disaster or are we going to say it's an opportunity? True. That's the choice. That's a choice each of us makes. Yeah, we don't even realize we're making it sometimes. And like we we talked about before, it's like those messages we hear from the outside I'd like to hear talk a little bit about that. I mean, I go on social media and every day I see just negativity. And through it, I see some positive things too. I'm not saying it's all negative, but I see a lot of negativity of, it's almost like it's, um, I don't know, people think maybe it's trendy or something to be negative and to point out the bad things that are going on or or put it a, sp- a negative spin on something. And to me, that doesn't, that's not helpful um, at all. And so I try to, you know, pass by those things, skip through those things, maybe unfollow certain people that that's all that they do is talk about things in negative terms. Um, but and, and I haven't watched the news in probably 10 years around that. It's been a while. Um, on any sort of regularity. I mean, every now and then, if there's a serious issue going on that everyone's talking about, I might tune in online somehow. But I don't even have TV that comes into my house live on you know, on a television. So um, I've done some things to guard myself against all that. But and so I can have room to have those thoughts for myself. Um, but how how do you deal with that sort of thing? Or what what are your thoughts on the information that's coming to us from the outside. You know, we can try to change everything on the inside, but we're still getting this outside bombardment of negativity. Well, I agree with you 100%. Uh, there is so much that we that's coming toward us um, on social media and other media of a negative nature. Um, it does seem that it's trendy to be condescending to be sarcastic and as you said uh, to put a negative spin on everybody and everything Hmm. and that if I can go back to the beginning of this talk we're having our minds are creative our thoughts are creative if we put out negative words we are creating more and more of the same thing that we say we don't want. Yes. And um, so, in fact, one of the great truth teachers I studied was Emma Curtis Hopkins. She said, the description of evil doubles evil. Hmm. So uh, every time you tell a bad story about somebody, you're actually making the bad part double. Wow. So uh, we do need to uh, shift our focus. So, you know, for example, in politics, which is a really good example, 
there's an awful lot of name calling and an awful lot of um, expecting the worst from the opposite party right? and things like that. And what we need to do is rise above that hmm. and get to the point of where we're thinking, well, what is the good that I can call forth in this situation? And that's, that's a good uh, paradigm I might want to underline. In any situation of difficulty, I can ask myself, what is the good that I really want to call forth in this situation? Mm. And um, if you are thinking about a certain situation or praying about it, and there's a situation of a lot of difficulty, you can use an, an affirmation like a prayer and say, I call forth the good in this situation. Mm. I call forth the good in this person. I call forth the good in this organization. Um, and as you get more skillful, you get more courageous, you can think about calling forth the good and let's say the whole government. Now, some people would say that's kind of ludicrous, but any, any institution that you think is bad, you can call forth the good in it. Mm. Uh, in fact, one of my great teachers, Catherine Ponder, wrote in one of her books, uh, no situation is barren of good. Right. There's, there's, there's no situation where there's nothing good. So, um, or I can remember a few years ago, uh, the unity faith that I'm a part of, there was a, it was around the time of an election. I'm not sure what year it was, but they started making bumper stickers uh, which said, look for the good and praise it. Hmm. Look for the good and praise it. And that touch, that tells me another word that I can speak on it for a moment, if you don't mind. Yeah. And, and that's the power of praise. Hmm. The power of praise is real. And whatever you praise will increase. So you can think words of praise and you can speak and write words of praise. So if you praise yourself in your self-talk, that is really constructive to do. Like when you do something, when you finish a task that you've been putting off, um, whenever you do something that is a good thing, you can say, I praise myself for that. I deserve praise. Hmm. And if you praise other people, that works wonders. Now, you don't necessarily have to use the word praise, but if you convey the idea of praise, yeah, it's amazing what will happen, especially in interactions between people. If you say, boy, you're doing a good job with this, or wow, I really appreciate how good you are at this, that just turns the key with many people. It sure does. And you can see a smile come to their face and their whole demeanor change, and they want to continue to do the good thing that you're praising them for. Exactly. And do more good things. That's right. And so, and I just want to mention about finances. You can apply, uh, apply this power of praise and finances too. So if you get an increase of some, in some way, let's say income comes to you or your investments increase or whatever, you could say, I love this increase. It's good. Hmm. Or I praise this increase. Another way you can use this principle is if your finances are kind of on the downside, like if your bank account is getting low. Mm -hmm. When your bank account is getting low, instead of thinking, oh boy, I don't have much money, instead reverse that and say, I praise the money I do have. Hmm. So you think of the money you have and say, I praise this money. And I call forth the increase. Or you could say, I praise my finances that I have been able to get along so long without a job, you know, or whatever situation applies to you. Yeah. Using the concept of praising substance, praising money, and calling forth increase. So you praise your bank account, you praise your wallet. You praise your checking account, your checkbook, 
whatever is meaningful to you, put good thoughts on it and see it increasing. So just to clarify here, you're not talking about like worshiping our money or worshiping our bank account. You're talking more about an an attitude of gratitude of just being grateful for what we have and giving thanks for it. Is that? Well, yes, it is that. Yeah. Uh, it, it certainly is not worshiping. Right. <laughs> I just, but, uh, when I think praise, but, I think of church and worship. And so that's like, I just want to, in case anyone else had that thought, not, th- I know that that's not where you're coming from, but I just wanted to clarify that if anybody had that Well, idea. thank you for bringing that out. And let me just say that, remember that praise is a form of energy. Hmm. Uh, and praise is saying to something, you are good mm-hmm. and I value you. And uh, Catherine Ponder, the great prosperity teacher, uh, taught, and I believe this is true, that money responds to our thoughts about it. Hmm. And not just money, but everything. Everything right. does. Sure. Okay, so money responds to our thought about it. So if we think of money as a source of evil, as a source of corruption, as a source of greed, then that's what we will keep seeing and experiencing. But if we put positive thoughts on money, we can create a whole different scenario. Uh, We can see our money as a gift that flows through the universe to make everything easier. Hmm. So uh, to realize that money is energy and it responds to our thought. That's my point. I love the idea of, and I'm sure I learned this from you, of blessing money as it goes out. So when you're writing a check or you're making a payment online or handing uh, you know, a bill over at the checkout, you're praising that money or you're blessing that money as it goes out. So rather than saying, oh, here goes more money, you're blessing it and blessing the person that's receiving it. That's true. That's true. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that because um, uh, before our call today, I was thinking about uh, Florence Scovel Shin, hmm. who uh, was a great uh, teacher of uh, affirmations. That was and the first book I read that that got me thinking in this these terms at all was um, The Game of Life and How to Play It by Florence Scovel Shin. Oh, that's such a wonderful book. I love that book. <laughs> And, oh, I've read it so many times, and I, I never get tired of it. Yeah, um, I think I've met, probably haven't read as many as you, but maybe three, four, I don't know. <laughs> well, Florence Goble Shin said, um, I have the magic purse of the spirit. Whenever hmm. money goes out, money always comes in. Hmm. So, you know, as you said, when you're making a purchase or paying a bill, you can think, okay, I'm blessing the money as it goes out. And you can also think, I'm blessing the opening for money to come back in. Um, so you're prospering the universe. And the uni- when you pay your bills or when you buy items, you are prospering the universe. Mm. And the universe always responds to you, to your thought. So the universe will turn around and prosper you. It so fills a, that void, a, right? It like comes back into that the idea of the vacuum. We're getting into another like um, idea here, right. but that you know, like the the universe doesn't like a vacuum or a void, so it comes back in and fills that in. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So we talked about affirmations, but in our conversation before this call, um, you mentioned denials. And so I would like to hear a little bit about that. And, you know, when I've learned about affirmations, it's always to never use a negative word. Mm -hmm. um, And that the, the affirmate, when you're, when you're writing an affirmation that the universe doesn't hear the negation of a word, it only hears the word that you speak. So if you say not, something, what you're actually going to get is the something, not the not something. <laughs> so how are deny? what are denials and how do they work together with, uh, with affirmations? That's a good question. Um, 
There's so much to say here. Well, let me start with <laughs> let me start with this. Um, the word denial to most people in common parlance is means that somebody does not want to look at something, or they're pretending that something is not so. Mm. You know, if we if we say so and so was in denial, it means that they're not looking at a, something that's happening, or they refuse to deal with it or they're burying their heads in the sand. Hmm. Okay, that's psychological denial. But spiritual denial is very different. And uh, when we use denial statements, we're talking about spiritual denial. Okay. And spirit, spiritual denial means that you acknowledge that right now an appearance exists that you don't want. Hmm. But you say it has no power over you. Okay. So that's quite different, okay? Yeah. So you say you acknowledge that something negative exists, but you say it has no power over you. Now, I understand, and I have heard too, people say the universe doesn't hear the word not, it only hears the negative word you used. Right. I, I have to say, in my experience, that is not true. Okay, but I'm o- I'm only going to say what I have experienced myself. Yeah, I have used I have used denials where I said such and such is not the truth. Uh, let's see how. Let me give you an example. Let's say, um, oh, uh, one form of affirmation I really like is it starts with it is not true that such and such. You fill in the blank. Okay. Um, and then you f- immediately follow it with a positive statement. So um, uh, you might say, it is not true that this disease is incurable. Hmm. Uh, God can cure anything. You see that, you see, yeah. the first part is, it is not true that and then you counter it with a positive. Or, um, let's see, or you can say there is no power in, I use this a lot when I get prayer requests from people who have serious illnesses. And oftentimes I will use the statement, there is no power in cancer. There is only power in God the good. Mm. I'd like to repeat that. There is no power in cancer. There is only power in God the good. Mm. Now, inside me, I can feel that when I say it. So that's why I feel it can work. Now, um, I do want to say, and this is something that I learned in a very interesting way. It was probably, I don't know, 10 or 12 years ago, I was doing a workshop with another person and I was asked to come and speak about affirmations and denials. Mm-hmm. So I was talking about denials, and the words just came into my mind, not planned by me. <laughs> uh, what's a great idea? It said denials are like antibiotics. When you need them, they're really good to use, <laughs> but you can't. But you can't use them all the time. Okay. Yeah. And I have I have found that to be true. So. As a rule, you you use denials much less often, mm. and 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 when you do use them, you want to follow them with a positive statement of what you do want. Right. Okay. Yeah, I imagine that would be a really good thing for something like for some deep-seated negative conditioning that we might have about anything um, to use the denial of that statement that we've heard maybe externally from another person say that is not true and this is my truth yes that's right and Mm -hmm. we have all 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 of us have received so much limiting conditioning on this earth you know when we're born into this earth we are born into an environment of limiting conditioning so it's not a person's fault if they have these negative ideas in their mind it's not their fault, but once they become aware, they can begin to ch- change. They have the choice to say, I'm not going to stick with this. 
I am going to use my power for a positive truth. Mm. Wow. Yeah, so that's great because I I was wondering about that. I didn't really understand the whole thing about denials and how they worked in. So thank you for going over that. Yeah. So what is what is something people can do like what's some easy stuff people can do to change how they're thinking today like what is you gave us um a great affirmation to start with maybe it's that you know um i am a good person the universe is my friend yeah that's a good one yeah um i could add to that uh one that has helped me and i've experienced is Today is the day of my amazing good fortune. Mm. Today is the day of my amazing good fortune. And that's something nice to say at the beginning of your day. Yeah. And uh, we haven't really talked about this too much, but for most people, it is necessary to repeat an affirmation more than once. Um, Most of us need repeated applications in order for it to really sink in. So, you know, there's different ways of doing this. As you and I alluded to earlier, you can write it out on paper 10 times. Mm-hmm. Or you could, you know, some people make it a practice of they have an affirmation for the day and they will say it like once per hour. Mm-hmm. And I guess you could set a timer somehow to do that. Right. Um, or some people put up uh, index cards with affirmations where they can see them. So it's the idea of, of repetition. Um However, I do want to underscore that we have to remember it's not mindless repetition, hmm. not not mindless repetition. You have to really think about what you're doing. Right. Okay, so you were saying, how can we start? Well, so one is having a general thought for the day, like you said, the universe is my friend. Um, another way you could approach it is if you're encountering a negative situation, you stop and you think, what do I want to have happen here? Or what's the highest good that I can imagine in this situation? Hmm. What, would, what would be good for everybody? That would be great. What would be good for everybody? And then if you can find a way to put into words what would be good for everybody. And you know what? I should say this. There are a lot of situations that are complex, and we have no idea what will be good for everybody. Right. So a really good affirmation, which is very simple, is I affirm and choose the highest good for everyone Hmm. in this situation. I affirm the highest good for everyone in this situation. And then you leave it to the universe to orchestrate that. And uh, it will, it will. Yeah. And you ha- you do have to have faith and you do have to have patience and you have to keep your own mind positive. But if you choose the highest good, now that means, there's another side to that. If you're choosing the highest good or you want to choose the highest good, that means you really can't judge or condemn the present. And mm. one one principle that we learn on this path is that you cannot judge by appearances. You absolutely cannot judge by appearances. For Can a you number explain of reasons. that? What it, what do you mean by appearances of of what things? Well, like if you see a person and they seem to you to be really bad, or you see them doing something that you don't approve of or you see something happening that you think is wrong, Mm -hmm. uh, the first thing is to realize, if you're thinking about a person, you cannot see into that person's soul. So you don't know what issues they are working on in this lifetime. Hmm. So you do not really, you see the action he or she is taking but you don't really know what it means. Right. So so you can say, well, I don't support that action. I don't agree with it. But then you're not going to extrapolate from that uh, how terrible they are because you don't know what the meaning of it is. And um, 
when it comes to negative conditions around us, um, let us say, for example, uh, the people in our country who just have gone through a hurricane and now they're going through flooding. Well, I want to say that uh, that is not a punishment. I, I mean, I saw somebody write that on social media a few days mm. ago that that God was sending the hurricane right to these people. And wow. that, that's not accurate. Uh, God does not punish people and certainly not with acts of nature. So what I want to say is, yes, a person could have had their home damaged, but God can still bring good out of the situation. Right. And we don't know what that good is. So in the present time, we do help those in trouble. It's right to help people in trouble. But we also know that this is not the end of the story. (laughs) <laughs> that good good is going to come out of it somehow. However, this is where our mind's creativity comes into play. If I have the attitude, good is going to come out of it, then good will come out of it. Right. But if I dwell on, I've lost everything, this is a catastrophe, my life is over, then it's very likely that things are going to go downhill. Hmm. So... Whether it's whether we're affirming for ourselves or for people we read about or see on the news, it's very helpful to say this is a this is a difficulty. It's a challenge. I'll help however I can, and I will know for them, good is going to come out of this. Yes, that's great. And as, I would like to just give one other example as regards. Well, it could be a physical illness, but it can also be any kind of problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, a statement I learned a few years ago, which I found very helpful. If you're looking at a sickness or if you're looking at other kind of problem, you take the statement, this is a healing taking place. Yeah. This, is a, this is a healing taking place. Whether it's a physical healing or an emotional healing, So instead of saying, this is a very bad problem, you say, this is a healing taking place. And that, of course, presumes that there will be a positive outcome. Right. Yeah, I could use that right now (laughs) with my back. I've been... uh... I've been having back pain for several weeks, and I have thought about that, but I haven't really held on to that thought for a long time, that there is some healing going on and that there's some greater good coming from it. You know, um, almost like maybe there's a lesson I need to learn here or something I need to release, or I don't know exactly what it is. I haven't figured it out yet, but I've learned a long time ago that I like to learn my lessons as early as I can. So a bigger one doesn't come because it seems like when I don't listen and take the time to slow down and get that lesson that I then, it comes back later in a bigger form. So yeah. I'm trying to like, you know, do what I can to see what that is right now so I can move beyond this into health. And yeah. so that, you know, the healing that is, you know, there is a healing taking place. And I realize that my I have a physical manifestation of something right now. I have back pain, but that it may be more than physical. I don't I don't know what that is exactly or why. You know, maybe it's because I wasn't taking care of myself in some way. I don't, I don't know. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Well, one, one, and when a person's in a situation like that, uh, one technique that can be very useful is to uh, relax your physical body and kind of let your mind relax. Mm. And then uh, do a dialogue with that part of your body so you could think of, in your case, your back, and just ask the question, what is the message that you want to give me? Mm. And, then you, and then you listen within and really listen with an open mind and see what comes to you. And you can continue the dialogue for as long as you want to. That might help you. Yeah, I'm going to try that for sure. Thank you. 
Is there anything else, Eleanor, that you want to share with us that we've covered so much today, but and I know there's a ton more we could talk for probably hours and hours, but is there anything else that you really uh, would like to share with us today? Um, well, one small thing. I, I might have said this at the beginning of the of the of our talk, but it's just as well to say it now. Um, Catherine Ponder is a consciousness teacher whom I greatly admire, and I've read probably all her books many years. And one thought that she wrote in one of her books is a pertinent to this topic of the affirmations. And she said, "We cannot always control our thoughts." but we can control our words. Hmm. And I certainly have been an, experienced negative thoughts coming to me. Sometimes I can't believe how weird they are. They just <laughs> seem to come out of nowhere. Yeah. And I think, I think, holy cow, this is so negative. So we all experience negative thoughts. Yeah. So we can't, we can't really control that. But as she said, we can control our words. So when we become aware of the stream of negative thoughts, we can interrupt the stream, you know, like uh, press the stop button and deliberately choose the words that we want to use to f direct our energy in a more happy direction. Mm. So I I'm hoping that um, everyone takes from this the idea that we do have the power to control our words and it's just a question of practice, practice, practice. Great. Yeah. I, I, this is a good reminder for me because I do use affirmations. I probably don't use them enough and I would like to use them more. So this is a great um, reintroduction for me so I can be more purposeful in that. I, I have a monthly affirmation that I, I use, but I don't always remember to use it. So... Uh -huh. And sometimes it's, there's something every, there's something every day where I could use affirmations. I'm almost every day. There's some situation where I can change my thoughts. And I've heard it said similar to what you just said from Catherine Ponder is that we're not responsible, responsible for our first thought. We can't control our first thought, but we can control our second thought or we can change our second thought. Yeah. So the, the thing that comes in is just, it just comes in. We That just, it just comes from nowhere seemingly. But we can look at it, observe it, and decide to replace it with something else. And that's where affirmations can start that process of being able to master that. Yes. Yes. Very well, very well said. Great. Well, Eleanor, thank you so much for being here today. It's wonderful having a chat with you about affirmations and just hearing your voice. So thanks so well, much thank for you. doing this today. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Choice Happens podcast. For more inspiration, go to choicehappens.com. Until next time, think, choose, do, be awesome.